0: I'm Laura Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430, 605-692-1430 with us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good
1: morning, Laura and Bob. It's great to be here on this sunny day.
0: Yes, it's a very summery day it today, It is. A ver- you know, it?
1: we've had a lot of summery days <laughs> yes. this summer. It's uh, maybe a few too many. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Are you
0: having a good summer? Dr. I Johnson? am having a good yeah. summer.
1: I just got back from vacation. Excellent. And it is such an important thing for all of us to remember that we need to take a little time, mm-hmm. rest, rejuvenate, get out of our routine, um, get out in nature if you can, and, and just take some time for yourself. So that's a a very important stress management um, strategy. Yeah. So everybody, remember. I hope everybody at least gets a weekend now and again to decompress.
0: That's a great reminder to just take the time to do that, especially this past year and oh, a half. Oh my or gosh! So. Yes, it's been kind of strange and maybe our normal routines for getting yep. those breaks have been interrupted and,
1: and unfortunately I think we're heading back in that yeah. direction the yeah. the delta variant is really exploding and we're seeing hospitals around the country fill up and and people getting sick and people that um, you know just there's a lot of different theories out there but I I think that when more people get sick, more people end up in the hospital. So we are seeing a, a lot more younger people ending up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, children, healthy people in their 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, healthy working age people. We're seeing proportionally fewer elderly people end up in the hospital. Um, Some of that is because the vaccine uptake has been so good among um, the people that have been at highest risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's it's good that they're getting some protection from the vaccine. But, uh, you know, the rest of us, anybody who's not vaccinated, everybody's at risk. And that includes children. They're seeing a lot more children ending up in hospitals and ICUs on ventilators Mm -hmm. uh, with the Delta variant. So, you know, people under 12 are not eligible for the vaccine yet. So the only really way that we have to protect them is to get everybody else vaccinated. So there's fewer people that can pass that virus on to those kids. So... If you've been waiting, if you've been on the fence, um, you know, go out there and, and get that vaccine first for yourself, but as importantly for everybody else in the community. And by all means, if you have questions, please call in. I'm happy to talk about the vaccine and try to answer any questions and discuss any concerns that you
0: may have. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dr. Johnston especially loves questions. So I do love do questions. Everybody, <laughs> please
1: call me with questions. Yes. Don't ask me to predict lottery numbers, but, you know, <laughs> anything else is fair game. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. So that number is six zero five six nine two. Fourteen thirty. I was listening to a program the other day, and they were talking to kids about going back to school, and um, kids were calling in with their comments and questions, and there was this 11-year-old that called in and said you know, I want to play soccer this fall. I think he was in Florida. I want to play soccer. Is it safe for me to play soccer? Do I need to wear a mask when I play soccer? And I just started crying because I was like, these 11-year-olds should be asking these questions. Like... We, as adults, need to step it up and (laughs) make it safe for our kiddos. So I was just, you know, just all these kiddos that have to have these worries on their minds. Um, Well, and it it is
1: a big deal. You know, my my children both were remote learning last year because we have – uh, my ninety-two-year-old father-in-law lives with us, and I just couldn't take the risk of them bringing that vac- that disease home to him. He, yeah, the odds of his survival would have been very, very low. Um, and my daughter asked me, "Do I do I get to go back to school?" Mm-hmm. And she's she's just turned sixteen years old, and and boy. Remote learning did not go well for her, Mm -hmm. um, and she's just really, really wanting to be back in the classroom. So uh, fortunately, she's been immunized. Uh, We've all been immunized, Mm -hmm. so that that helps, but um, it is a big concern about is everybody else in her class immunized, Mm -hmm. because if they're not immunized, it's very possible that they can bring it to her. The vaccine is not perfect. We're seeing breakthrough infections. Um, It doesn't seem to work quite as well against Delta as it did against the original variant in terms of keeping people from getting sick, although it is very effective at keeping people out of the hospital and keeping people alive. So, You know, there's there we're still taking that risk by Mm -hmm. having her go to school and potentially get it and potentially pass it along Mm -hmm. to her grandfather. So so everybody, if you haven't had your (laughs) vaccine, if your kids haven't had their vaccine, go get your vaccine for my daughter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, um, and now really is a great time, uh, like right now, today. Be, uh, today. to Today. Because it takes a couple weeks, right, for Absolutely. the vaccines to... Um,
1: typically, we, we consider you fully vaccinated two weeks after your last dose. So with the Johnson & Johnson, if you're over 18, you can get the Johnson & Johnson single-dose shot. So two weeks later, you would be considered fully immunized. With the Pfizer vaccine, you get a shot... You get a shot three weeks later, and two weeks later, you're considered fully immunized. So that's a five-week process. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, you you don't have time to finish it before school starts again. Um, But... The sooner you start, the sooner you're done. And, you know, we're just going to see this increasing if we don't get some better vaccine uptake. Um, With the Moderna shot, it's a shot and then a shot a month later. Mm -hmm. And again, two weeks later, you're considered fully vaccinated. So that's a six-week process for you. Um, But again, you know, you can't start any sooner. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you haven't started already, now is the time. Um, don't wait until our hospitals are overflowing again they're they're filling up. you know mm-hmm. we're we're seeing trouble and we've got a lot of um, you know burned out nurses and doctors and staffing shortages and uh, and people still getting into car accidents and having heart attacks and needing all the routine health care. Um, you know, we were really, really lucky last season because we didn't have barely any influenza. I've never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very little RSV for the kids. We have started to see as the masks come off, we've been seeing more RSV and parainfluenza and other typical respiratory viruses ending kids up in the hospital. Um, you know, if we have COVID on top of a typical influenza and RSV season, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Mm -hmm. So so get your shots, everybody, and get your flu shot when, when it's available.
0: We have a question Dr. Johnston a woman who is hoping to get pregnant is considering whether or not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. What recommendations do you that, have?
1: You know that is an excellent question and I think that that is something that has uh, provoked a lot of concern in reproductive age women and and even men um and early when the vaccine first came out you know traditionally pregnant women are excluded from studies because you know, it's just a lot easier on Mm -hmm. the people designing the studies. So when the vaccines were first approved, there was very limited information about the vaccine in pregnant women. And uh, as the vaccines have been in, in more common use and more, reproductive age women have made the decision to um, get vaccinated we have a lot more data now and the vaccine is considered safe in pregnancy Um, both the American College of OBGYN um, and the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine Maternal Fetal Medicine are the the high-risk pregnancy specialists you know the ones that take care of of women with underlying health conditions like bad heart disease or or high-risk pregnancies, for whatever reason, they have all come out and recommended vaccination. And um, we have kind of anecdotally known throughout this pandemic, or at least once we had enough information on the pandemic to know Mm -hmm. much of anything, that pregnant women are a high risk group Mm -hmm. for complications of COVID. And uh, there was some information recently out of California about um, a much higher risk of preterm delivery and a very preterm delivery delivery. I think they, I think they defined it as less than 32 weeks of of gestation. So less than seven months uh, is much higher in women who catch COVID during pregnancy. So for your own sake and the sake of your baby, it is a good idea to get immunized. Um, We know that the vaccine doesn't affect fertility. And we, we know this for a couple of reasons. Number one, Mm -hmm. because we haven't seen a, a problem so far with the vaccine, but also because we haven't seen a problem with fertility um, in people that have had normal COVID, quote-unquote, uh, who have had natural infection with COVID. Um, you know, uh, one of the unfortunate realities of, of pregnancy is that not all pregnancies end in a healthy baby. Um, we know from the beginning of time that a certain percentage of pregnancies end with a miscarriage, a certain percentages end with a baby that doesn't survive to delivery or a baby that dies shortly after delivery, which is, you know, it's all a terrible tragedy, but the rates are not higher than we expect them to be. They're not higher than we saw before the pandemic in people that have been immunized. The rates of infertility aren't higher in people that have been immunized or people that have had natural COVID. So there's Although there's been a lot of concern about that, Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of reasons, those concerns have been disproven. So if you are a reproductive age woman who has been concerned and hesitant to get the vaccine because of those questions, those questions have been settled. And the risk to you and your baby if you were to catch COVID during a pregnancy are high. So go ahead and get your shot, get your shot if you're pregnant, get your shot if you're trying to get pregnant. Get your shot. Okay.
0: And um I've heard that your as a mother, a pregnant mother, your baby also receives some protection from some protection. You. Is that true? Exactly. Okay. Um
1: any one of the wonderful things about pregnancy is that any antibodies, any immunity that mom has has a potential of crossing the placenta and going to the baby to help protect the baby. Um, we see this, for example, with, with tetanus, with pertussis. This is one of the reasons that uh, we recommend immunizing every woman in every pregnancy against pertussis okay. because that helps protect her baby Until her baby is able to start Getting their own pertussis shots Uh, So there is evidence That um, mom Getting her shot provides Some Help to the baby and we are seeing infants hospitalized with mm-hmm. COVID. I am granted this was just on my uh, my phone's news feed, but um, I had read an article about a five-week-old baby that had to be transported out of state because there were no beds available mm-hmm. in state um, with COVID. So, uh, you know, get your shot, protect yourself, protect your family. Uh, mm-hmm. protect your baby, protect your children. Hopefully, we will see uh, the approval of the vaccine uh, down to that, you know, about five-year, I think we're anticipating, age group at some point before the end of the year. The last I heard was early to midwinter. They were anticipating that we would see that approval. So, uh, And I think we're also expecting the full approval of the Pfizer vaccine particularly I know that um, there's other vaccines out there that they've kind of skipped the emergency use authorization step and are anticipating we'll have full approval um, at some point in the relatively near future it's important to understand that emergency use authorization does not mean that we've we've skimped mm-hmm. on, on the research or on the review what it means is that there's not the same length of follow-up to say, "Hey, does this last? How long does this last?" Um, so, you know, it's it's just temporally impossible to have five years worth of data on a disease that has only been present for a year and a half, has only been recognized for a year and a half. Now, f- obviously, we're not going to have five years worth of data for about another four and a half years, um, but the requirements for that unconditional approval just include that time, that time course. Mm-hmm. So um, vaccine eligibility for unconditional use approval is, is simply not there until enough time has passed. So, um, you know, the emergency use authorization is, um, is good
0: enough. Mm -hmm. Go get your shots. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical question you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States. Unprotected skin can be damaged by the sun's UV rays in less than 15 minutes. Even if it's cool and cloudy, you still need protection. UV rays, not the temperature, do the damage. Anyone can get skin cancer, but some things put you at higher risk. The most common signs of skin cancer are changes on your skin, such as a new growth, a sore that doesn't heal, or a change in a mole. Tips to avoid skin cancer include stay in the shade, especially during the late morning through mid-afternoon, apply sunscreen, and reapply every two hours. SPF of 30 or greater is recommended. Have your skin checked regularly and have it checked by a professional at your wellness checks. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Johnston, we're all kind of preparing for fall and uh, whether we have yes. kids in school or not, uh, that I think that's always part of our cycle as we grow yeah, up as I kids. Like, so. Word is like always <laughs> on that. But as we do, for those who do have kids or grandkids um, and we think about some ways to help our kids transition to back to school uh, in addition to getting their COVID-19 <laughs> vaccines. Um, and, and
1: there are other vaccines yes. that, that school-age children can um, need and be eligible for. So Particularly, as they go into that that middle school there's uh, tetanus boosters that need to be given uh, they're eligible for the human papilloma vaccine at that point uh, meningitis vaccines and college entrance too. I just had my oh, my now college freshman in for a checkup uh, and he had to get some vaccines particularly before they go off to live in the dorms Mm -hmm. where they're in in close contact and small spaces with a lot of shared spaces that's a high risk um, transmission point for for meningitis so it's definitely worth thinking about uh, your child's vaccines going into to school but another thing and I this has been a big issue at our house we are we are night people universally Both of my children may be adopted and they didn't f- the apple didn't fall off my tree but it sure oh. fell under it <laughs> we we are night people and in the in the summertime that bedtime just creeps and you know, some parents are much better than we are at enforcing a better bedtime. I think that gets harder as your kids get older. Yes. But, um, you know, when they've got to be at school at 8.15 or if they're a college student, it may be even e- earlier that they have mm-hmm. to be at their first class. Now is the time to start trying to move bedtime to a more reasonable hour, knowing that they're going to need to be up, ready. At school and ready to learn at a relatively early hour mm-hmm. for them um, teenagers and adolescents just naturally have a little bit different circadian rhythm they are more likely to stay up late and sleep in later that's just their natural biological rhythm so it's particularly difficult for those kids
0: hmm yeah at our house too we have definitely we're later i mean those evenings in the summer are just so fun and it's a good time to be outside and (laughs) well it's hard to
1: go to bed when it's still light out Mm -hmm. it is just really hard yes to think that it's it's time to be in bed and it's eight o'clock and it's still still the middle of the day so yes yeah
0: So, time to start adjusting because it's hard to adjust. Um, it is hard on that first day. Of absolutely,
1: school. absolutely. You know, and some people are uh, find it a lot easier mm-hmm. than others do, but most people find that they're going to have a a really hard time abruptly changing their schedule. Think about jet lag, and even with jet lag, you have those light cues um, that kind of help you. We're not going to have that here as as school starts so Mm -hmm. uh, start adjusting your schedule start thinking about um, meal planning meal prep making sure that uh, that there's going to be a breakfast time for a breakfast before uh, they head off to school Um, think about what are we going to do for lunches is is my kid one that will eat the school lunch or do we need to start getting them some Bob's Bob's laughing over here I'm guessing that maybe there was some school lunch issues in his household (laughs) (laughs) I know that I know that there have been in mine Uh, I think that that's a pretty universal experience Um, you know kids even younger kids can help prepare their lunches for the next day Uh, so start start introducing that idea Mm -hmm. for them Mm -hmm. Um, you know in terms of school activities things that are outside I know you had mentioned that that poor 11 year old and Florida is a state that just has really skyrocketing numbers um, so I don't I don't blame that child for for being apprehensive. If mm-hmm. I were the mother of an 11-year-old who wanted to play soccer in Florida, I'd be pretty dang ad- apprehensive too. Things that happen outside are safer than things that happen inside, but we are seeing more we appear to be seeing more transmissibility outside probably simply because delta is more transmissible than the original variant was. Um, we see each person who gets sick with Delta spreading it to more people um, than we did with the original variant. Um, with the original variant, it seemed like it was probably, they call that the, the row or, or not number. Um, with the original variant, it seemed like on average one infected person would spread it to one or two other people. And that number seems to be significantly higher with the Delta variant, possibly because the individuals who get sick with it produce more virus. Mm -hmm. So more virus means, um, more intensity of exposure. So, uh, we are seeing more outdoor exposure. I have started wearing masks again when I go into public places, um, You know, again, my mask doesn't do a whole lot to protect me. It protects me some, but it's really for the people around me because my mask catches any virus I may be spewing and makes me less contagious to the people around me. So even if I feel fine, I don't know if I might be brewing something. Um, So if you see me in a mask in the grocery store, I'm doing it for you not because i haven't had my shot mm-hmm. i have
0: had my shot <laughs> mm-hmm. yes yes excellent reminder yeah i um am seeing more mask again which, yes which is uh, good out and about so yes yeah Something.
1: and that's hard it's really mentally hard it to is. go back to wearing masks mm-hmm. um but i'd rather wear a mask than a ventilator so mm-hmm. there it is right
0: right well it's time for us to go to our final break
2: If you have arthritis, participating in joint-friendly physical activity can improve your arthritis pain, function, mood, and quality of life. Joint-friendly physical activities are low-impact, which means that they put less stress on the body, reducing the risk of injury. Examples of joint-friendly activities include walking, biking, and swimming. Being physically active can also delay the onset of arthritis-related disabilities and help people with arthritis manage other chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to learn more about managing arthritis. Call for an appointment at 605-697-9500
0: welcome back to prairie doc radio i'm laura ellsworth and prairie doc physician deb johnston is here answering our medical questions if you have a question give us a call at 605-692-1430 dr johnson we have a question can i spread covid19 even if i have had the shot
1: yes you can um, and we are seeing more more evidence of that, that people who have been vaccinated can get it. Again, they are less likely, significantly less likely to catch it from uh, somebody than people who have not been vaccinated the vaccines have still been very effective at their primary purpose which when they did those original studies what they were looking for is not so much do people catch it but do people end up in the hospital do people end up dying from covid Uh, and the vaccines are very effective they're not perfect but they're very effective at keeping people from ending up in the hospital and keeping people from dying however they are perhaps less effective at keeping people from getting sick at all, and less effective at keeping people from being able to spread it. So despite the fact that I have had my vaccine, it is possible for me to catch COVID. I may or may not know that I have it. I may have a, what we call an asymptomatic case. So I have the virus that's replicating in me, but it's not making me sick. And I can spread the virus. So. Again, that is why even when I feel fine, I wear, wear that mask. That's why I wear the mask in the clinic so that I don't endanger my patients. That's why we ask patients to mask in the clinic so that they don't endanger each other so yes it is possible despite having had the vaccine to catch the virus to pass the virus along that doesn't mean the vaccine is not working it just means the vaccine's not perfect Mm -hmm. so you know my brakes work, but I still wear my seatbelt. My seatbelt works, but I still have an airbag. I still look at my vehicle safety ratings when I buy a vehicle. Um, you know, there's, there's layers of protection because nothing is perfect. Right. Right.
0: That's a, I love that analogy. Thank you for that. I had not heard that one yet. Thank you. I like that, Dr. Johnston. Very good. Well, thank you for answering all of our questions today, Dr. Johnston. We appreciate that. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Dock most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week's On Call with the Prairie Doc Summer Encore Show is Art in Medicine. Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz along with guest Dr. Kimry Martin of Atrium Health in Charlotte, North Carolina and Dr. Tina Melanson of Prairie Lakes Health System in Watertown discuss how various forms of art can help heal patients. So, tune in for that tomorrow night on SDPB television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.